0: Touchdown Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams. Your daily
1: Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast LA Network. LA Network. LA Network. LA ever. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. Got an awesome show for you guys today. Got a special guest on the show from the network. We have got Lockdown Wolverines, Isaiah Hole, with us. He's going to be talking to us about some draft prospects coming out of the University of Michigan. You know, I'm a fan of Michigan. We've talked about plenty of the guys here on the show. Uh, so, we're going to pick his brain a little bit as well as kind of checking in on David Long Jr., obviously a draft pick that the Rams spent last year on a cornerback out of Michigan with Nickel Roby Coleman gone. We're going to talk to him a little bit about some of that stuff. So we'll get to that conversation here in just a moment. Before we do guys, don't forget to go give us a follow on social media. You can find me personally at LA underscore rambling bear. You can also find the show at lockdown Rams, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I also want to kind of open up the phone lines. If you have a question, comment, concern, you want to talk about a draft prospect. You want to talk about someone that's left in free agency. You got a question for the show. Hit me up. Keep it to 30 seconds, 45 seconds under a minute would be great. Uh, and I'll share it here on the show, and we'll talk about what you guys are thinking. The number to call is 657-345-4988. Love hearing from you guys, Uh, so reach out on social or hit us up on that Google number, and we'll get your message here onto the show. As for the show, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. Hit the subscribe button, share with a friend. We always appreciate your feedback. But enough of all that, let's kick over to my conversation I had today with Isaiah Hole of Lockdown Wolverines. So we're now talking draft prospects as we get ready for upcoming Mock Draft Monday. Each Friday from here on out, we'll be chatting with hosts from our Lockdown Podcast Network College channel. So today we're welcoming in Isaiah Hull, who's the publisher for Wolverines Wire as well as Lockdown Wolverines. Isaiah, how you doing, my man?
0: I'm doing good. Just staying at home like uh, many of us around the country and the world at this point. Just binge watching some stuff while I work, (laughs) basically uh, how that's been going.
1: Exactly. I feel I feel exactly what you're talking about. And as we said, kind of before we started, this is, uh, you know, we we at least have some football. The NFL is still the, you know, the one league right now that hasn't been crazy impacted as of yet. Obviously, we'll see some changes in the draft process. And I even saw some reports today that uh, there were kind of some online meetings with players. And that's probably what we'll see kind of leading up to the draft as they look to kind of keep that in position as far as the draft date. Uh, But that's kind of why we're here, and you know I appreciate you joining us today. And many of my listeners of the show know I'm a Michigan fan, and doing some of these early mocks, it's coming a little bit more obvious as I'm getting to that second-round pick for the Rams at 52 and into the third round. And there's a couple guys there that I really like from the Michigan Wolverines as an opportunity to come here and play in Los Angeles. And even before we get started on the guys that are coming out, this year we even look back to last year when we talked with you and uh you got me really excited about David Long Jr and even just watching him as a Michigan fan you get really excited about him when you saw him at you know in Michigan uh performing out there and he came out here to the Rams didn't play much but kind of started to get on the field near the end of the year uh Troy Hill got a little injured uh, and they just kind of wanted to be cautious with some things. So, And I, I'm sure they wanted to see what David Long Jr. had a little bit. But we recently had Nikkel Roby Coleman, who was released. We say about $4.5 million. He signed with the Eagles for a $1 million. So with that in mind, let's just kick into today's episode. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by Isaiah Hole of Lockdown Wolverines. And this is your lead story. Is David Long Jr. a guy you see kind of from what you saw at his time in Michigan that could slide inside to kind of that slot corner role? Or is he a guy that is probably kind of better served on the outside in your traditional cornerback role?
0: I, well, I do think he's probably at his best on the outside. He's the type of guy that can play kind of all over the field. Michigan does tend to use three corners uh, a lot of the time. And uh, usually it was Lavert Hill that would slide inside. But David was just kind of always on the number one receiver. Uh, is basically the way that you'd look at the, his his time in Ann Arbor that was essentially put him on the number one receiver he he was ready to go so I I think that he, he's got the athleticism like you saw with uh last year he had the top three cone drill in the NFL scouting combine that's the most important drill for a defensive back it shows uh their ability to you know use their flexion and essentially be able to run a route that's the most the 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 Closest that you can come to being able to show how a guy can hold up with a receiver. And he had the top uh, top grade, top time in that. And so he's kind of just got the athleticism to be able to do whatever you really need him to do. And I, I would have no doubt that if he was to end up being the slot guy, he's got a similar frame to Jordan Lewis, a little bit bigger. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, nickelback that they have that played for Michigan. Kind of a similar sp- skill set I would say so I think that he would be perfect to be able to put wherever you you need him I do think he's at his best on the outside but that doesn't mean that he can't be above serviceable if not really really good being put on a slot
1: yeah for him I think really it's just kind of finding a role to get him on the field and and take advantage of some of that athleticism that you're talking about and and kind of develop him along the way because if you're looking at the Rams cornerbacks uh you know Jalen Ramsey who yes is you know we're looking at one of the best in the game, uh, but he's only under a contract until twenty twenty. Until they get an extension, uh, kind of developing these players is important. And the same with Troy Hill. Uh, you know, he's got one year left on his deal. He had one of his best seasons as a pro last year, but he's kind of been an up and down. So, kind of continue to develop a guy like David Long Junior is going to be really important. And uh, obviously, the Rams have some vision on having him here on the roster and and kind of a long term goal for him. So, we'll see how they develop him, uh, but kind of excited about him because. We didn't get to see much last year. And like we talked about here, and you mentioned some of the things that he can do, uh, kind of excited to see him uh, back out on the field in 2020. But looking at this draft coming up, the Wolverines, uh, as you look at the group that's coming out, there's a bunch of talent there. Uh, is there first round talent? Maybe. Maybe that's, uh, you know, Cesar Ruiz is, is the guy that, you know, might come off the board in the first round. I've seen some mocks kind of late first round, early second. Not likely that he'll fall into that late second round where the Rams are at at fifty-two. But if they had some interest and wanted to move up, um, you know, what would what would they get in a guy uh, like Ruiz, who's you know was a center for Michigan?
0: He's a smart, heady player. Played uh, both uh, right guard a little bit his freshman year uh, when Michael on when you went down. Uh, but he's uh, he played center the last uh, two years. He's able to you know, be able to recognize defenses, call them out, set the protections. Michigan's uh, offensive line was just significantly better with him at center. That's not to take away from some of his predecessors, but he just really was adept at it. He's uh, he's great in both run and pass blocking. He just knows what, what he's supposed to do. He's, he's athletic despite his size. He's just kind of got everything that you want in the center. That's why he's projected to be the number one center to, to me. I think he's like I, everywhere I've looked at him. It, it's been either late first round, or early second. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that's almost assuredly going to go in that first round because he's the type of guy that you can, you know, build your offensive line around uh, whether he stays at center or you can put him at guard, kind of like when the Detroit lions took Frank Ragnow. just being able to get a really strong, smart guy and you can, figure out where you want to put him from there. You that way you know you have a guy that's gonna be a dependable pro for years and years to come. I, I I don't know that he would be there, like you said, for the for the Rams. He's probably the only one that won't. Uh there's several that are projected to be potential second round picks, but it's wildly inconsistent as far as where a lot of these people are seeing these guys go because we didn't have a pro day, naturally, because of all right. the coronavirus stuff. I think it was literally the day before that they canceled it. That's how close we got to and they they have a lot of talent that just didn't work out at the uh, at the combine because they were either nagging minor injuries or they just wanted to uh, really showcase their ability at pro day. Uh, so a guy like Caesar was, was fine. But some of these other guys, I think, would be surefire second round guys. But now, who knows, just with everything kind of in flux.
1: Yeah. And it's crazy. You're talking about the pro day getting canceled and you're right for guys that you're talking that are kind of, you know, I don't want to say surefire picks in that first or early second, but, uh, Caesar definitely kind of fits that mold. And, and, and now you're starting to look back at that trade for Jalen Ramsey, where we're giving up, you know, a couple of our first round picks and it would have been awesome to have a first round pick, uh, late twenties to have an opportunity to go grab a guy that you're saying you could throw right into that offense line and just bring stability because the center position, Uh, has kind of been a big talking point for the Rams. Is it going to be Austin Blythe, who we just returned on a one-year deal? Uh, Brian Allen was the guy we picked up from Michigan State a couple years ago. Uh, got injured last year. So that's a big question mark for us. It would have been nice to have an opportunity for this. The Rams are going to probably have to make a move. They want to go get them. So if the Rams stick at 52, we'll have to look at other options on that Michigan O-line coming out in this draft in 2020. Coming up next, more with Isaiah Hole of Lockdown Wolverines. What are some other options, maybe in some later rounds, to add some value to that O-line? mentioned a couple other guys on that line or guys that would have you know taken advantage from a pro day um maybe a guy like ben breedson is is that what a direction you're thinking that could be a second round guy or who else are you thinking on that o-line that the rams could look to uh from the university of michigan in this draft
0: well michigan's got four o-linemen in this draft and i think all of them are well not all of them are projected to be selected which kind of blows my mind because the one of them is michael on who is just an absolute behemoth? He's an absolute force. Pro Football Focus always has him as one of their top offensive linemen. Uh, had a really great grade in both the run and the pass. Uh, I think that they said that they're some of the people who are doing some of these draft evaluations say that there's a little bit of inconsistency. If that's the case, I didn't see it in his senior year, a bit more in his junior year comes across as more of a complete player. So right now he's not even looking to be drafted, but you're right about Ben Bredesen. He's the one that's getting projected in the second round. Uh, He's a two time team captain, uh, a four year starter through most of his four years at left guard. He's just that stalwart type, nothing flashy, uh, just does his job, doesn't really give up any kind of pressure, really, really good in that light. And his teammate to the left of him, left tackle John Runyon Jr., who projects more as a guard, uh, though he was the tackle for Michigan, just because I think mostly because of his arm length, he doesn't have those those really long arms that you look for in an NFL offensive tackle. That guy was a two-time All-Big Ten left tackle consensus, and yet... Is projected to be more of like a seventh, sixth, or seventh round pick, which is just kind of mind boggling, uh, especially when you consider what the Big Ten is a lot of running the ball and really focusing on the offensive line. Right. But uh, those are the four. But you, so Bredesen would be the one that you would most likely get in the second or maybe even the third round. He very well could have benefited from. The combine he did not participate uh in the combine due to some uh nagging injuries i believe and nor did on or and i'm not sure that runyon did either but when you look at what michigan's offensive line was able to do for the most part i really you any of them should honestly be nfl ready uh, ed warner has a track record of putting guys into the pros from his time at ohio state particularly and you know those guys are all stars in the nfl now so Bredesen would be my, my top choice. He's a guy that you could definitely probably get in, you know, at 52 unless he goes one or two picks ahead of him. But given that he didn't have a pro day, who knows exactly what uh, where he's going to fall?
1: Yeah, well, and that that tells you about the depth of the Michigan O-line and you're talking about the conference they play in and the style of football they've been uh, working in and, and getting some of those guys to the pro level. It's nice to know for Rams who don't have a lot of picks uh, and a lot of holes to fill if they decide to go defense first, and look at O-line later, that there are some guys later in the draft that they could get at the University of Michigan that could come in, understand how to play big-time ball, and also you know not feel the pressure of transitioning from college to the NFL. So we focused kind of more on the offensive line in that last segment, talking about a couple guys here at Michigan that could come in and be an impact right away, because if you're looking at the O-line, uh, we saw some improvement near the end of the year, and things started to stabilize a little bit. Uh, but adding some depth, adding some competition, and we know injuries are a factor. As the last couple years before this 2019 season, the Rams had one of the most uh, healthy offensive lines as far as starting every single game together. Last year was not the case, so you got to kind of prepare for that moving forward. Andrew Whitworth's getting older uh, every single day. He signed a three-year contract. We'll see how much he plays of that at left tackle, but maybe trying to get some guys in the room to kind of look at the future of that position is going to be important, too. Uh, But as we kind of look to the other side, uh, the Rams have been really busy or not busy, if you want to say, in re-signing some of those defensive guys on the other side. Uh, Brockers left in free agency. Obviously, Corey Littleton, Dante Fowler, Nikel Roby Coleman was released uh, to save some money. So looking at that side, one of the guys that's been big time on my board at 52 has been Josh Uche. So talk to me a little bit about uh, what you see with Uche, how he might fit into a pro-style Uh, defense and and what kind of jumps out for you uh, over his time at Michigan?
0: Well, I think he's the most underrated guy in the draft, uh, bar none. I don't don't think that there's – he's a first-round talent that, for some reason, is just not getting first-round evaluations. Another guy who didn't do much at the Combine, I believe he just did his bench press and that was it, he's a physical freak, as you expect from some of those Southern Florida guys, which is where he's from, and he – He's basically Michigan played him as a Sam linebacker, but Michigan's Sam linebacker position is a little bit different because they don't they 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 aren't just normally in a four three with the Sam out there. Usually, if they're in a four three, they have the Viper out there with uh, which was filled by Khalil Hudson this uh, past couple years. Uh, but the Sam linebacker means that a lot of times that they were lining him up as a defensive end. Sometimes they were dropping him into coverage. Uh, they Michigan went to a lot more zone this year, so they were dropping Uche into coverage, and he was able to keep up with K.J. Hamler, considered to be one of the fastest guys in this NFL draft. And when I say keep up, he batted the ball away, got, came up from the defensive line, and ran all the way with K.J. and was able to bat the ball away. He's ferocious on top of his speed, uh, led Michigan in sacks for two years running. He just can't be stopped, essentially. Jedrick Wills from Alabama the uh, who's going to be a probably a top 10 pick in this draft said that was asked what sec player was the best that you faced all year long at the combine. And he said, it wasn't an sec player. Actually, it was Josh Uche. Wow. And that should say everything you need to know, especially when you consider the praise that the sec gets, especially for its lines on both sides. And the fact that Uche was able to be that, you know, that much of a force that, it made Jedrick Wills be like, hold up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it didn't register any sacks in that light. Uh, I guess you could say similar to uh, to Chase Young in his last uh, few outings, but definitely impacted the game uh, regardless. He's just a guy that's got literally everything. You can put him at linebacker. You can put him at uh, defensive end. I'm probably guessing no one's going to put him at safety or corner, but if he was <laughs> asked to, he probably could do that at a high level. He's that type of guy. He's one where I feel like whatever team gets him and it's looking more and more like he's going to be either a second or more even likely a third. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be an absolutely in love with him. I know he's biased. Jim Nagy, the director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, because he went to Michigan. He got his start in essentially what he's doing with the whole scouting and everything as an intern with the Michigan athletic department. But he said coming out of the senior bowl, there was no one more dominant, no one more obviously great coming out of that uh, all-star showcase than Uche. And he's just the kind of guy where like, if I was a team and he's still on the board, especially in the second round, you move up and get him because you don't want to take a chance on missing out on a, basically a surefire guy.
1: Well, this is why I love talking to you because, you know, watching, uh, him last year getting excited about it and then doing a lot of these mock drafts. And he's there a lot of times, like you're talking about, kind of in a surprising fashion. And I feel like I keep drafting him even to a point where I made a rule on this show where I had to kind of mix it up every other draft, not to draft the same people. Because when I'd get to 52 and he was on the board, it was like, I, I need to get this guy on the team. But uh, hearing all the things that you had to say about him and hearing about what other people had to say about him. And I love that uh, quote when you say, uh, you know, who's the best you face in the SEC? And he said, well, scrap that. It's not even in the SEC, and that's got to give you that credit that you got to love. And as you talk about guys you love, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of those guys on the defense side of the ball that could come in and be impact players for the Rams in 2020. And you mentioned you know, briefly there about the Viper position for the Wolverines. Explain to our listeners a little bit more about what that is and what Hudson does. Uh, He's another product. That's kind of interesting coming in this draft does a lot. Well,
0: it's a, it's a hybrid linebacker safety role though. It seems more like you see a guy like Hudson really take more to the, the linebacker role and then the safety role. He did commit to Michigan as a safety. uh, But it's the same role that was filled by Jabril Peppers before uh, before he left and got drafted by the Browns. Obviously, he's now with the Giants, but uh, he just kind of does a little bit of everything. It can, you know, kind of in the in a, kind of a counterpart to the Sam linebacker in that light uh, might line up and and try to rush the quarterback might drop back into coverage. Uh, more often than not, Hudson seemed like he was active in the run game. He's he's a guy where he's got the physical prowess. Uh, really showed that at his combine. He was one that uh, he, he put up I can't even remember the numbers, but I remember he had a, a, an extremely impressive bench press. I think it was 30 or something of that nature. He, he was one that people were looking at as being a physical specimen coming out of that uh, which I can attest having you know seen him uh, for you know four years now. Uh, just how good and how physical he can be. He is prone to some mental mistakes. That's probably why he isn't a little bit higher up. Kind of disappeared his junior year as well. Came back strong with a really good senior year, but junior year was pretty much gone. But mental mistakes really is what cost him in some of the some of the misadventures of the 2019 season, particularly against Ohio State. Uh, it seemed like he made an uncharacteristic amount of errors. So I'm curious to see how he, if you know, it, should he get the opportunity to be a major contributor at an NFL team? How much do the bright lights? make, you know, how much does that go away? Obviously you're playing under the bright lights at Michigan. Every time is the biggest stadium in the country, right. regardless of sport. But, you know, obviously if, if you're making mistakes against Ohio state, the way he was, it, it makes you question exactly what he's going to bring to the table when he gets to the, the, you know, the pro level.
1: No, that's a great point because if there's one game that everyone cares about at Michigan, it's versus Ohio state. And if you, uh, you know, kind of have those lapses in concentration and performance in those games. It's always, I mean, I mean, go back to the coach. They kind of say the same thing, just win the big games. You know, we, we like these 10 win seasons, but win the big game. And that's going to go a long way. Uh, and you're right. Coming to the NFL, it's going to be an interesting thing, but maybe a team kind of, um, you know, luck's out a little bit, shall you say, kind of dropping deeper into the draft, getting a good talent that could come in and kind of improve under a new coaching system. We'll have to see how that goes. Couple last things before we get out of here. Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver, got a lot of hype at the combine. Uh, had a great showing there. Six foot two wide receiver. Uh, he's kind of projected again in that early second round. Not something I don't even think the Rams would go after wide receiver uh, in that second round that early. I could be wrong. They've surprised us surprised us many times before. But um, you know what kind of stands out in Donovan Peoples-Jones, do you see him transitioning well to the NFL? And if it's not uh, Peoples-Jones, is there another wide receiver coming out of Michigan that you know you might be able to get later in the draft? Uh, Peoples-Jones
0: is currently the only guy that's uh, going into the draft. Uh, they did lose Tariq Black, who opted to transfer, but he hasn't announced where he's going. But uh, Peoples-Jones is an interesting case because was a five-star rated the number one wide receiver in the country in the 2017 class, but the production just wasn't there, but he is an athletic freak, like an absolute athletic freak. Like he obviously he had the best vertical jump in this year's combine. It was, uh, I believe top eight all time, uh, if not a little bit higher than that, it was like the top four in the last 10 years, or I think it was actually number three in the last 10 years can jump out the gym, can do every single thing that you want. But again, like the production, that's what was kind of lacking. Like he didn't, he never really took over a game. He had a couple highlights, uh, particularly against Michigan State over the last two years that you look back on. But other than that, there's not a lot that you can really sit there and say is the, you know, that's the, where that guy went and just did the kind of things that you see Jerry Judy go out and do. Or even a, a, a lesser known guy to some degree, like KJ Hill from Ohio State. Uh, it just doesn't seem like he had that, uh, he, he, never really had that type of career where it was like, right. yep, that was the Donovan people's Jones game. Again, the Ohio state game, it, there was a drive where he was throwing the ball three straight times when the game was still very much on the line early in the second half. All three hit him in the hands. All three were drops. Yep. He dropped a touchdown in that game as well. It's just those types of things are what holds him back because as far as looking at the athletic ability, this you know match between speed and size and strength. If if that was all a wide receiver was judged on, Donovan Peoples Jones would easily be the number one guy in as far as wide receivers are concerned uh, in the NFL draft. But yeah, because he doesn't have the production, there's, yeah. that's that's why he's being seen as. I I haven't seen many of him going in the second. It's been third, fourth, and fifth. And Mel Kiper just said recently. He have him in the fifth because, again, production.
1: Yeah, show me, don't tell me. And that was the one interesting thing, kind of, you know, following the the program is uh, he was so much hype when he arrived, and and some of those early plays when he first started getting on the field were exciting, and you're thinking, man, how great can he get? But like you said, uh, you you saw flashes of it, but the consistency of it just never seemed to be there. The hype of what he what everyone was excited about. Him coming in, he never really lived up to as far as production. And as you talked about that Ohio State game, I can just envision that drop touchdown pass uh, as you you talked about it. So there were many of those moments that you kind of you had to take uh, the bad with the good with him. Uh, He was exciting at times. He can kind of also fill into that kick returner role uh, kind of in the next level as well. That might be an opportunity for him to get on the field. But kind of interesting because I'm kind of with you as far as uh, just never seem to get there. But that combine, it's crazy what it can do to kind of jump you up some boards. I'm kind of uh, with you as far as Mel Kiper kind of saying he's probably belongs a little bit later than earlier. But we'll see. There's a lot of uh, desperate teams out there looking for impact players. So maybe they uh, get caught up in some of that other stuff. And maybe the Rams do have an opportunity to get them in that, you know, fourth sixth round i don't believe we have a fifth round pick this year uh but if he if he falls down that board they need a guy uh you know potentially to come in depending on what the rams are going to do with brandon cooks and uh they just let their returner go in jojo natson so maybe there's an opportunity to see a connection there one last question before i get out of here and i'll let you go uh looking at the sixth seventh round that sleeper pick who would be your sleeper pick for michigan if you get this guy late in the draft uh big win
0: oh there's just so many. That's the thing. Most of these guys are predicted to be uh, be down there. I, I actually would go off of a guy that isn't even considered in the seven-round mocks I've seen uh, and wasn't invited to the combine. Was Everything was really hinging on pro day, and that's defensive end Mike Dana. He was rated as like one of the top defensive ends in the country when he was at Central Michigan, transferred to Michigan for his senior year. He's a guy that the coaches and the players say is just, if you want to talk athletic freak, they, they don't say that Donovan Peoples-Jones is the most athletic freak in that locker room. They say it's Mike Dana. And he, he was having to split time with uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay. but he was a guy that was extremely productive, very, very good in what, everything that they asked him to do. He, he out of everyone that Michigan has going into this draft, I, I would, I, I'm not going to fully stake everything to say like he would be the most productive but I would say out of the the 11 guys that got invited to the combine I I would think of him as being a top three guy as far as what his pro career could be if he's given that opportunity so Mike Dana is just completely slept on I don't understand it uh he's got everything that you want out of defensive end just kind of maybe it's just because he quietly goes about and about his job and does his work. He wasn't going to supplant either of the other starters. So they you know, gave him a number three role and he did an excellent job of doing that. And he's like I said, he's a physical freak. And that's what everyone says about him. And yeah, yeah. no one seems to be paying any attention to him.
1: I love it. That is a great one to uh, chalk up on the board and keep an eye on because we could use some help down on that D line. Uh, and getting a guy that just stays quiet and does his job has got to be a GM's dream in the NFL. Uh, So we'll see how that kind of shakes out. Uh, Isaiah, man, I appreciate your time. Always love talking to you. You got some great insight. Guys, if you want to learn a little bit more about the Wolverines or want to check in on the podcast, uh, you can find him on Twitter, at OnWolverines for the Lockdown Wolverine show, and at Isaiah Hole on Twitter, uh, also publisher for Wolverines Wire. He's got tons of content coming out. Uh, as we're all sitting at home here uh, just kind of talking football and other related things with Michigan. So, Isaiah, I appreciate your time, man. Look forward to uh, talking to you again soon and see how this draft shakes out and see if we can collect some more Wolverines out here in L.A.
0: Become Steelers West. That's all the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing. They're just collecting Wolverines like wildfire right now.
1: I love it. Stack that defense. Find some talent on the O. Uh, We'll take it either way. Uh, And you know, I'm going to support it here as a Michigan fan. So we appreciate it. And with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace.